This is the Blackcast. Put your pants back on. From Hollywood at Massapequa, Long Island, again, it's the Chevy Chase Show 30th Anniversary Special. Part 2. And now, they're still not ready for prime time. Liam McEnany, Tom Kelly, and Christian Black. Oh my goodness, thank you all so much for coming back for the continuation of our 30th anniversary celebration of the Chevy Chase Show, the premiere episode of the Chevy Chase Show which we got through about 15 minutes of uh, in the last 75-minute uh, episode. So welcome to Blackcast 560. I'm Christian Blatt, and you're not. Uh, joined once again by Liam McEnany from uh, a, a spacious-looking patio somewhere in downtown Los Angeles. Thank you, Liam. Your, your microphone's muted. There you go. It's now great to be you. here, Christian, and uh, I, can't, I can't wait to do a real-time uh, analysis of the next uh, 45 minutes of the yeah. Chevy Chase show. I, I, yeah. fully expect to, I fully expect the next 45 minutes to just be us talking about Goldie Hawn. I can't imagine there isn't any meat you, on that bone. You, you would think that, but uh, there's so much more meat uh, on, uh, on, on the feature that followed that, but uh, we'll talk more about that. And uh, the uh, intro is a bit of a misnomer because uh, now back in his New York City studios, the one and only Tom Kelly. Tom, thank you for being here. Thank you for having me a part of your three-hour retrospective on the first hour <laughs> of the show series that only lasted 29 hours. This is exciting. Look, I, I clearly we're going to be able to get uh, 56 more hours uh, out of this show. You know, we're going to we're going to really uh, go through this. Uh, maybe in our lifetime, we'll actually have to. My my son, Felix, is going to have to take over at some point. Uh, <laughs> retrospective of the Chevy Chase show. So in our previous episode, which I have to say, if you haven't watched or listened, you should go back because we really set the foundation. I'm sorry, what was yeah. that? No, I, I I don't often go back and listen to shows I'm on. And that's a lie. Go ahead. Okay. <laughs> Other people talking. Solo shows are different. But uh no, but you guys were in I, I mean, listen, I've known Liam for years. He's hilarious. You and I are old friends, blah, blah, blah. But it was such a thoughtful and knowledgeable show. Uh I, I'm glad to be back for part two because you guys really know your stuff. I have to say I'm a little disappointed we didn't get as much time to talk about the three faces bit uh, because yeah. th there's so much to dissect, but we have to keep moving forward. There's, yeah. there's no, no looking yeah. back we, at we, this point. I mean, it, it was just, you know, not funny. And here's the thing. If we do continue uh, talking about the Chevy Chase show in the future and future podcasts, I now am aware of two additional occasions where it was played on the show. I thought it was only one on night three. I believe it uh, crept into week two. So, uh, yeah, don't worry. Uh, that was a, I thought that was a great place to leave. And so, so Chevy was like a three-year-old who tells an unfunny joke and can't <laughs> stop telling it. Well, look, there wasn't YouTube, you know, you couldn't, you couldn't repurpose <laughs> the clip. You know, if you wanted people to see something that you spent a lot of money on, you just had to put it back on TV again. Uh, yeah. Look, 
there's a lot of things that uh, we could isolate. I'm I'm trying to get sort of the greatest hits of his interviews that we have from this show. And his first guest was Goldie Hawn. You'll take our word for it. He didn't intro her well, but let's just dive right into uh, Goldie explaining why she's dressed the way she is. And uh, well, get ready for the next 20 minutes while we comment on uh, our first clip. Let's let's dive right in though. I'm going to preface this Beautiful. by saying Absolutely. this is go ahead, go ahead, good. Sorry, the greatest fuck you in the history of of television. There's just none better. I can't wait to talk about it. I can't. I can't wait to hear you talk about it. So let's let's go right to it. You look beautiful. Absolutely gorgeous. Thank you, thank you. But you know what? I what? wasn't going to wear shorts. No. Because I, well, I decided not to wear shorts. Me too. And... <laughs> no, but I came to the studio. <laughs> yeah. And I brought everything I was going to wear, which was, you know, jeans and boots and a thing and whatever. And my son Oliver said to me, Mom, that's what you wore on Whoopi's show. And I said, I realized Whoopi Goldberg? That, yes. She's going to be here tonight. I mean, this is no lie. This is no lie. So I, these are my rehearsal clothes. Because I couldn't wear the same thing I wore on Whoopi's show. No. It was just because she's going to be here. Yeah. And, and boy, will she be... <laughs> and you know i mean there's nothing like a, a, a lifetime in comedy and uh you know being caught by the seat of your pants and uh, having to improvise uh coming up with a uh, boy will she be po'd now obviously he's on broadcast television for the first time in maybe a while and uh you'll see him have some difficulty navigating uh topics language but uh, yeah, the lightning quick uh, resources. Liam, I want to go to you immediately because I know how much uh, you love this interview, but specifically right. the fact that it starts off this way with her uh, not wanting to repeat the outfit she wore on uh, Whoopi Goldberg's uh, late night talk show. So here's the, here's the thing. Uh, <clears throat> Goldie Hawn at this stage in her life, very famous, very wealthy. She has assistants. If she didn't have the outfit that she needed for the show, she could have very easily called her assistant and said, hey, bring another outfit. I'm going to be on this important show that a lot of people are going to see. But instead, she was like, you know what? Fuck it. Nobody's going to watch this thing. Nobody's <laughs> going to care about it. Nobody's going to think about my interview tomorrow. I, I might as well just wear whatever slovenly, uh, horrible denim half tuxedo I rolled in on because uh, and we talked about this I think offline last week Christian she wouldn't do this to Johnny or no. Conan or Joan Rivers or Arsenio or honestly she Dave wouldn't Letterman. have even done it to Byron Allen you know but Chevy... she would have done it to Whoopi she was like I didn't want to hurt Whoopi's feelings on your show yeah I uh, had the worst show on television. Tom, Tom, do you think that it's possible? Uh, now, look, you don't have to know the geography of uh, Hollywood, especially not in 1993. Um, but suffice to say, uh, do you think that there's a chance that there was, I don't know, a, a gap or a banana republic nearby that uh, perhaps a production assistant uh, could have uh, run off and gotten a new <laughs> outfit for Ms. Hahn? Well, I'm going to go with the... This, uh, I'm gonna. I'm not gonna call you two sexist, but I'm gonna call, gonna call everybody else talking about the outfit, including, you know, Chevy 
in this moment sexist. Who? Honestly, I'll be honest, man. I watched this. She's hot. Uh, yeah. I see Meg. Uh, I see. You know, I mean, it, it's yeah. to get into the sexism of the classic late night format of which I so desperately want to be a part. It's hot <laughs> actress wearing a slightly revealing, sexier, upscale outfit. And oh my yeah. God, sexy woman didn't wear a dress, instead wore a sexy Daisy Duke costume, and Chevy Chase is having a poop fit. And to be <laughs> honest with you, had uh, isn't he PO'd? And, and again, it's, the, it's one, I think that's sort of a, I think one, this part of the conversation is dated. Uh, without judging the two of you on that. I think, you know what? Okay, you didn't wear a hot outfit. Who cares? And then the idea of not wearing a double wear for Whoopi's show, I, I, I noticed how they sort of skipped the spot that uh, Whoopi's show only lasted 113 episodes. But frankly, for Chevy, that would have tripled his run. <laughs> I'm, I'm Absolutely. Gonna, wait, wait, Christian, I want to put this back on Tom for a second. Please do. I don't think I was judging this in terms of whether or not she was physically attractive in her outfit. But you have to remember in 93, late night wasn't this like hangout thing where people just showed up whatever they wanted and did carpool karaoke. In, in 93, <laughs> people had this holdover from the Johnny Carson era where late night was this evening party. Everybody dressed up. Uh, they, they, didn't have, they didn't always have like pre-programmed... Uh, anecdotes that would be specifically cued with a question. Sometimes Johnny or Dave would lead them into an actual conversation. The other guests would hang out. Maybe they'd be drunk. Maybe they wouldn't. But it was like supposed to be like this kind of like step above sh like special thing you did in show business. Right. And it's, it's why comedians still like to wear suits when they do their their like tonight show uh, or, or their or their late night or, you know, late show or whatever. Yeah. So the, the idea that like at the time, she would just show up dressed like she just made a coffee run. Uh, was 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 crazy. It was outrageous. Well, uh, here, here's what I'll say though, and I had the same thought uh, when I first saw this uh, 30 years ago. Uh, if she didn't say anything, I certainly wouldn't have thought about it, and I definitely wouldn't have thought about it now because it's like, oh, it's the 90s. You know what I mean? Like, right. uh, you know. So if she doesn't acknowledge it, uh, it's probably okay. Uh, you know, there's there's some good camera work we get later on the show as a result of it. But, uh, Tom, I feel like uh, you were going to weigh in on. Well, on as a producer, I concede everything Liam just said. Yes, Fair. he is correct. As a fan, a person watching it 30 years later and maybe even at the moment, who gives a crap? Go be funny. Uh, you know, I mean, a quick story. Didn't want to repeat an outfit. Actually, that's a quick laugh for me. That's fine. But they dragged it out. Yeah. Yeah. And oh. I guess that's you, my point. You, you I, mean I, like their entire conversation? So yeah, let's uh, let's continue because we can the talk. Way, uh, go ahead. By the way, old friend of Chevy Chase is the greatest role of her career, and you can see how hard she's working to maintain it. Yeah, I know she should definitely win uh, some talk show award <laughs> for that. Uh, let's uh, let's go. Uh, let's uh, let's fast forward a little bit to a little bit further into the conversation. Uh, we we move past the fact that she's wearing jorts on the Fox Network. And we'll try to move past oh, the fact really that the camera do. is. I remember the first thing you said to me, which was, uh, "Hello." <laughs> and so you had you had a you had a bag, uh, 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 
just it was some a bag crocheted filled with things. bag. It was yeah. a crocheted bag, yeah. I had a lot of stuff in yeah. it. And, and it I looked went like up to a it cowater or something. Like yeah, I believe it was a cowater. <laughs> and I just went up to it and said, cough. <laughs> and we knew we had a hit right there. Yeah. Well, I, I can tell you that when, um, you know, we were, we were supposed to do this picture and I'd never met you. And uh, I remember the door opened and you were standing there and I remembered how tall you were and how handsome and I, I was I really was kind of amazed you know because I I didn't expect you to look like that or be that tall or that you know just you know virile and um, it, it no. <laughs> well that was a few years ago I haven't been able to get my serve up in a long time you know really as well uh, you know there's one moment I well uh, so we're going to pause this for a moment. Um, clearly, they fucked a lot of times. Um, my question is, did they fuck that night after this? <laughs> you know, there's, uh, it's very blatant. She's clearly, you know, she's uh, supposedly a, a very happy relationship. Um, as we'll reveal, uh, someone in the audience is watching this. This is super uncomfortable. Uh, and... I don't know whose behavior I find is making me feel a little bit. This is a Tom Kelly word, icky. Um, yeah. What do you What do you have to say, Tom? But, but can I, I'll lead with this. The only person who fucked Chevy during this run was the Fox Network. Now, <laughs> was the American public by watching anything else? Yes. <laughs> no. Uh, I. You know. I actually. Not to defend Chevy Chase 30 years later on a show that lasted only 29 episodes. I don't mind the first minute of it. It's standard. It's stock. It's all right. Good-looking woman flirting with, uh, you know, guy in suit. I mean, taking Liam's uh, – uh, everything Liam said that was intelligent about uh, late-night programming and just adding one sentence to it is, yes, good-looking person, elevated late-night party, and the woman always flirts with our friend the host. And we're seeing that now. But again, same thing with the last clip you showed. It just starts to go on a little too much. Yeah, uh, it, the, it's, it's a bit of a pacing problem. Uh, Liam, I want to let you weigh in on uh, whether, whether or not uh, there was coitus within 24 hours of this, uh, this scene we're watching now. Or perhaps it was, you know, months or years earlier. You know, I mean, as much as I, as you know, I hate to agree with Tom Kelly. Um, <laughs> this is like a classic Carson thing where it's like yeah. a ditzy blonde on the, on the interview couch, uh, flirting with Johnny. Uh, that was like a standard Johnny Carson thing. I think they're just bringing that kind of like relationship because with all the advertising that was like Chevy Chase is going to bring something new to late night. And he's really going to ram his meat into Dave's mouth or whatever that ad was. Uh, the fact the fact is, this is such a standard late night show. This is so cookie cutter uh, Johnny Carson from the 1970s, except nobody's wearing a loud suit. Um, and what's very clear as I watch this is these are two people where the producers just kind of were like, we don't have to do too much prep because they're old friends. But I yeah. feel like I'm watching two people who kind of maybe were co-workers 20 years ago, reunited, 
and finding out they have nothing to talk to each other about. <laughs> uh, Tom, I'll let you jump in in a moment. Uh, Liam, to your point that this was uh, just another average talk show, clearly you didn't notice the fish tank uh, behind. Uh, <laughs> which, by the way, uh, the uh, rumor has it that uh, the problem with the fish tank was uh, that uh, the fish kept dying. Uh, during, during, I think that the, the Fox Network stepped in so that uh, they didn't get picketed by PETA. They yeah, they're to, dying uh, laughing, this, Christian. <laughs> you know what? Was so good. I I sit corrected. You're right. Now, Tom, I'm sorry. What did you want to say? Oh, I was I, well. I was going to say that the fish died overnight in the tank, but the host died during the monologue. Oh, <laughs> oh, hey, you oh. are correct, sir. Uh, uh, yeah, let's uh, go ahead, Tom. Go ahead. No, but I'll just add one more thing. Remember, again, this is 1993, and I I don't hate what we're seeing right now. Uh, and remember, I just want to disagree a little bit with the point that it was nobody's done this since 1970. Conan would do it for many years with Rebecca Romaine. Uh, Letterman would go on to do it with Julia Roberts. Uh, and just to your point about the reunion, I had a reunion last night. Uh, and it, tell no, me it more, was tell all, me more. Did you get very far? No, it was all coworkers and everybody was old and saggy. Nobody was hot as the two of them. <laughs> And but it was just funny, just to your point, it was, hey, remember when we used to flirt, nothing happened and we married other people. That's what I'm seeing right now. That's, that's yeah. probably fair. Uh, you know, uh, I might be I just... uh, Tom, Tom might have uh, seen me uh, utilize a, a similar skill set uh, in, in our years was uh, like, oh, we're just going to flirt. But uh, there's uh, nothing that's uh, about to happen at any point uh, ever. Um, by the way, I'm so disappointed to have missed out on uh, any kind of get-together where the description is uh, less hot than Chevy Chase. But, uh, Liam, you sounded like you had a thought, sir. Well, the thing is, I, I just want to slightly disagree with Tom as well, uh, because when Letterman did it, he often deconstructed it and added this element of pure naked hostility to his interactions with women. To the point where, like, Sybil Shepherd famously came out in a towel because she was just yeah. like, well, fuck it. I'm not going to have a good time anyway. I might as well make you uncomfortable. Um, but Yeah. About yeah, that. I mean, and, and of course, you know, uh, Cher called him an asshole. And right. uh, I don't even remember what Madonna, Madonna just swearing. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, uh, in, in the interest of interest, let's uh, let this clip finish through. Uh, they're talking about, you know. Well, Tom's uh, enjoying it, apparently. So let's just watch it. Yeah, I'm enjoying it on pause. <laughs> I remember from uh, like foul play there. that I'll never forget. I was very, very nervous doing the picture, uh, unlike tonight. Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> That's the reason why this uh, clip is, uh, is, is as long as it is, because uh, it is one of many times where he uh, gives a nod to uh, how things are going tonight. He's saying that, you know, we're, we're doing this picture. And I love when people talk about doing a movie and they say picture. Uh, this, is, this is the early 90s. This isn't, uh, you know, this isn't Greta Garbo, you know, talking about doing a picture. Uh, Chevy and Goldie are talking about doing a picture. Okay, guys, you did a movie. But anyway, uh, he's like, yeah, I was nervous then. Not like tonight, you know. So uh, we'll, we'll, I'll let them finish here. I just wanted to uh, put a little footnote in there. And uh, I remember, I don't know if you remember this time, but I said to you, I had a line in the movie, which was, you have the most beautiful blue eyes I've ever seen. Yes. And your line was, they're green. Right. Is that right, or was yes, it the other way no, around? that's the way it was, yeah. yeah. And I, I said it like this. You have the most beautiful blue eyes I've ever seen. 
My mouth shook. I mean, I was so nervous, and you just relaxed me and calmed me down. And I don't know what that injection was, but it made all the difference. Oh, God. I tell you, I'm just, I'm so happy to be here tonight, sweetie. You, um, well, I hope everybody knows how wonderful you really are. I know, you know, you have no idea. Goldie's like the one person who's he's like, oh no, come on. And meanwhile, he's like, oh my god, I'm getting applause for possibly the last time in my life. Yeah. This is this is truly something. Uh look, it's it's I, I think that uh, apart from the fact that uh, you know she basically wore her gym outfit on national television, you can see that she is very fond of him her gym uh, outfit. in a way that probably most people aren't. You know, the it's next night gym outfit. That's what she wears when she waitresses at the boar's nest. Yes. <laughs> Dude, she's, she's, she's in denim. What is she, Armenian? She's not son of Jim. The next night, uh, they have Beverly D'Angelo on the show, who was his movie wife in the, the, the Lampoon vacation movies. Um, I feel like that means that by day three, they've gotten through all the women who actually liked it, you know. But uh, you can see Goldie. She's a great choice for a first guest. Um, she brings a lot to the table, uh, I think, uh, you know, not so much in terms of, uh, you know, of the stories. I mean, I think that that's, you know, it's, it's fairly, fairly basic, somewhat rudimentary. Uh, I, I don't know. Um, I want to let you guys sort of weigh in on this more natural part of the interaction before, uh, we move on to, uh, let's just say when it got really interesting. So, uh, Tom, uh, any other thoughts from you, Well, Tom? I see a lot of my problems in my relationships. A friend of mine once said, Tom, would you find her that interesting if there were if there was a bag over her head? Uh, and she's cute. She's easy on the eyes. I enjoy the gym outfit. But you're right. If this were an audio program, it's not great content. And it's fine. I feel the friendship. But it's nothing life changing, and the giggling is wearing thin on me at this point. Yeah, I mean, okay. Honestly, so Tom Kelly hates women. Uh, what do you think, Liam? <laughs> uh, I agree, but also, um, <laughs> no, you didn't say that at all. I know, Tom. It's uh, very apparent. Um, yes, it's get it's gotten old for all of us. No, he doesn't um, have to say it. But uh, the thing is, uh, now the thing is, I mean, look at nothing. Chevy has said ha has like deserved the full-on, full-body laugh that she gives everything that comes out of his mouth, right? It's, it's like it comes off as very phony. But to Tom's point about this being watchable, look, it, it's two, uh, I mean, attractive middle-aged movie stars who are very charismatic and who just like kind of like have that it factor where you want to watch them. And so it's not the worst TV programming in the world. It's just not good. Yeah, and, and it's very, to, just to build on Liam's point now that he gave me a compliment, it's very, <laughs> It's but it is, and I said this on the last show, it is very 90s, let's launch a talk show. And remember, there's no internet, there's no Instagram, there's no TikTok, there's no Google image search. It's what Liam just said. It's, oh, there are those two people from that movie we watched once, and oh my gosh, they're back together. Let's turn it on while I put on my pajamas. That's and it's fine. I, I don't. It's yeah. fine. It's not I mean, good. It's also from the era when John Stewart broke the late night mold by wearing a leather jacket and not having a desk, but otherwise doing this show. 
Yeah. Yeah. No, and, and 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 also, I mean, when his talk show started, it was on MTV, and uh, it was uh, more than a little shocking the musical guests he was able to get. And then when the John Stewart show went to syndication, all of a sudden it was like, "Hey, right. we're Smashing Pumpkins and the Beastie Boys. They're right. they're not on this show, are they?" But we do have Howard Feller. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> Inside joke for two hundred, Alex. Yeah, I, I, I'm, I'm not even going to try to tag that uh, because it was that good. That's when you know you've scored on this show. Um, but we're talking about how it's been a, uh, it's been a somewhat perfunctory, a, a good example of what you get from a late night talk show, and um, this is something that happens sometimes. It famously happened on uh, Carson's last show. But um, uh, Chevy's first show, um, and, you know, I mean, it was Bette Midler singing to Johnny. Um, I'm just going to say this isn't great. Let's take a look. You know, we'll, we'll, we'll present it uh, uh, right here. Nope. She was there, and then she went away. You still have that great everything. <laughs> I get it. I'd like to sing you a song. Me? Yeah. Now, the only problem is... You have to look at me in the eyes, and you can't smile. Really? I know why you want me to pause it, Tom, and I'm not going to pause it just to keep it here. Look at that face. Just look at it. Look at that fabulous face of yours. I knew the first look I took at it. This was a face that the world adored. Look at those eyes as wide and as deep as the sea. Look at that nose. It knows what a nose should be. As for your smile, it's lyrical, friendly and warm as a summer's day. That face just a miracle how could I ever find words to say the way that it makes me happy you know to uh, use uh, content that previously existed uh, you're supposed to uh, you know talk over it and comment uh, otherwise it's not considered transformative content okay. and that's when you run into uh, you know, copyright strikes and uh, strong oh, word and letters. But I had no, 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 no. This is me. I guys, I'm making the point right here. What could we have possibly said while that was going on? And, and you know, for our audio audience, Goldie is six inches away from Chevy's face. Do you think that that you know? I mean, obviously the camera angle might uh, make it seem a little closer, but I mean, she's really leaned in there. And uh, I think that, uh, you know, we can we can imagine what Chevy's feeling in this moment. Uh, what, are, what are you thinking, Tom, while this is going on? Uh, so, first of all, I love that outfit. I don't care what you guys say. And <laughs> I and, don't hate the outfit. It's just a no. huge fuck you to Chevy. That's all. No, but yeah. I'm even argue after. And, and now this is where the misogynist in me comes out. Either it is a casual outfit or it's a calculated outfit with a completely casual story. The, her butt looks great in those jorts, the jean shorts. And frankly, 
she pointed her butt at the camera for this very slow romantic song. And I'm thinking now I want to take back everything I said about defending her casual outfit and say, this is calculated, dude. It's just a bad choice. It's She's doing everything Liam said about the party atmosphere, except she made the wrong choice. She has sexualized herself. She's singing her song. It's Again, in 1993, does this bother me? At the beginning of it, I liked it. Look, he's making, you know, she sings about his eyes. He makes funny eye things. She sings about his nose. His nose moves. Um, I think the age of TikTok has made this, you know, like it should have been a 20-second bit. And here we are in minute four, and there's still probably four minutes after this. Tom, do you think uh, her son was with her in the dressing room going, don't worry, Mom, your ass looks amazing in those shorts." Uh, you just got to shake your moneymaker at the camera or else, we're, or else Daddy Kurt isn't going to be able to afford a bigger boat. Listen, listen, if my mother had an ass yeah. like that. <laughs> no, I've seen the porn. I, I know I, I know I, how that is. I, I, was, I was expecting to get the greatest drop in uh, Black Cast history from Tom Kelly, but he was smart enough to not finish that oh. statement. Uh, hey, you know, I haven't gotten enough of the song yet. I haven't gotten enough of the song yet. Can I tell you what I was thinking I, while I was watching this, though? Please, which is yeah, uh, yeah, I don't I don't think it's a coincidence that eight years later, uh, <laughs> ISIS struck the Twin Towers. I think that there is a causal relationship between what we're watching and what happened. All, so you're saying decade. this is why they hate us. Is that what you're trying to say, Liam? I'm saying you shouldn't broadcast this shit on satellite unless you're willing to, to deal with the repercussions. Uh, well, you know, I think there's, uh, you know, I, I, I appreciate the thoughtfulness that went into that, but I haven't heard enough of the song yet. So, uh, we can cut I, that out, right? I think I need to go back in. David Letterman we'll would right do back. If, if yeah, yeah, exactly. a guest pulled pulled that shit. I mean, What's like, I'm sorry, Liam. I was uh, I I was bantering over you. My mistake. Sorry. Oh, I, I'm sorry. I didn't hear you. Uh, what were you going to say? Can you, can you imagine what David Letterman would do if, if Goldie Hawn pulled that shit on his show? No, uh, I don't know. Uh, probably invite him to that office upstairs. <laughs> that, that, you know, <laughs> okay, fair enough. I, I have a question for the two of you. I have Please. a question. Please. I remember, it's funny, right in that kiss moment, I remember that kiss was controversial, made press, it did something. What happened after, what, what happened with the general public the next day after that kiss? Uh, I didn't think anybody had watched, so I don't remember uh, anything about See, that. But, I remember uh, there being hubbub, maybe not good hubbub, that it was well, awkward. Well, I think uh, I think uh, Ty Webb should have been nervous that Snake Plissken might have been looking for him. You know, I think that uh, that, that that's what I my concern would have been. Um, it's so uncomfortable, and I mean, look, I know that uh, it's a semi-casual conversation between two friends, but the the segment producer, the director, everybody knew she was going to do that, and everybody's like, "That's a great idea, Goldie." <laughs> you know, it's it's it wasn't. Well, you know, it wasn't Madonna or Cher to use two names we just said. You know, someone who's who's not a singer, uh, but 
you know, it. Uh, I think she meant well. It was well-intentioned. Um, and then there's a bit that just doesn't go well that uh, follows up uh, th this moment. Uh, let's take a look. They're talking about how she's... One of your oldest, Ollie. Yeah. Oliver. Oliver. And I, it's a little thing you don't know about, but I happen to know that it's his birthday today. I knew Ollie when he was two. Yeah. And uh, so he was about knee-high to a uh, couple. You and me. Yeah. Uh, but today, September 7th, is his 17th birthday. Yes, it is. Can so, you believe that? Can you believe that? And I know he's here in the audience, too. I don't know if you know that, but he's right over there. Yeah. And I just think we ought to... Happy birthday, sweetie. Well, let's, let's wait a minute. Let's, let's get up. Come here. All right. Teddy's getting away from the desk. He's reinventing late night, everybody. Are we all right with time? We're okay with time? We're way over, Teddy. Okay, uh, Jim, come on out here. Hi, Ollie. How are you? Just waiting for a crowd shot. Uh, come here, stand right here. So, uh, the stagehand brings out a cake, and I hope this song's in public domain. And there is her son, Oliver, who, fans of uh, the sitcom Rules of Attraction, and a few other roles, but you know, let's let's uh, lead with the A-list. That's uh, actor Oliver Hudson, turning 17. What an awful 17th birthday present! Do you want to go see the Chevy Chase show? No. Well, you're going, and uh, you're going to be part of a bit right. that uh, so far has uh, gone okay. Uh, it hasn't gone off the rails yet. But uh, I feel like you both have thoughts about uh, bringing out a cake and singing to Oliver Hudson. I, I don't know who grabbed the talking stick first. So I'm, I'm going to let you guys hear what Liam has to say on this. Okay. Well, she had literally just thrown him under the bus for wearing a slobby outfit on, on national television. <laughs> Right. So it was, it was Ollie's fault. Yeah. Everything after that is insult to injury, as far as I'm concerned. Uh, yeah. And yeah, when you're a 17 year old, you don't want the waiters at Benny Hanna singing happy birthday to you, let alone an entire studio audience with a camera trained on you. And yeah. I will I will present this in the least creepy way possible, uh, considering that he's turning 17 that day. He's there clearly with his girlfriend, who seems delightful and lovely. And how great do you think he feels that he's not only having his mommy sing to him, but that he's about to be part of a really terrible bit? Uh, Tom, your <laughs> thoughts before we resume. I, I, I like Liam's line on, uh, I was going to say, this is network TV. This is frankly uh, nine o'clock at a TGI Fridays. We're on our third <laughs> birthday uh, and I and remember, this is at a time 1993. Only three late night shows, deal a meal commercials on the next channel, and this is the best we can come up with. You know, I, I guess that's I guess that's my my well, only complaint is it's the first show. It's just this is easy. It's just too well. Tom, you're not taking into consideration the out-of-the-box thinking that went into the Chevy Chase show and what kind of rebel Chevy Chase is because there's more than just happy birthday. Happy birthday, Girlfriend knows to sing along. Smart girl. Happy birthday. Thanks, Carl. Gotcha. But here he comes. 
Oh, oh no, the cake goes on the floor. He dumps it right in front of me. leans in. Did his mom just kiss him on the mouth? I'd like to see a replay of that. I think that's her thing. I think we've established that. Um, Wait. But yeah. yeah. So, okay. So the cake has been dropped. Goldie runs over on the mound. Uh, yeah. And then I, I'm going to give credit to Chevy because he clearly whispers in, "Don't worry, we're bringing you another cake." Which, spoiler alert, that's what happens. <laughs> is that there's another cake. Um, all right. So the old uh, we bring out this giant cake. We drop it on the studio floor. Um, Tom. Can I? Can I just Do you defend want to this apologize for, for uh, talking sorry. about how this uh, you know, wasn't inventive enough? And then Liam, I'm sorry. We'll, sorry, we'll sorry I'm I'd like to. I, I want to hear Liam so I can honestly. I'm getting angry, and I think Liam's about to make me madder. Go for it. <laughs> oh, I One definitely second. want that. Yes, you, you won't like Tom when he's angry, Mister McGee. That's <laughs> happening. What 17 year old doesn't dream of having Jim the stagehand as part of his big day? That's all I wanted to say. By the way, no. the stagehand looks like Kevin Nealon. Anybody else? No? Yeah. No. Okay. <laughs> You're uh, not wrong. I, I, listen, it's what you just saw there on network TV when Fox never even had a network late night show. Well, That's they, had, uh, they had John Rivers. Let's uh, let's okay. uh, they killed uh, Edgar. out there. Rebutted and taken. Uh, it, it, that's warm-up filler at best. That's what I do when I'm at Good Morning America. <laughs> is, what, is what you're saying is this is so hack I would do it before the show? <laughs> I'm saying, yeah, yeah, no, let me own who I am. I uh, Listen, I'm a TV warm-up comedian. I'm supposed to fill time without being offensive. My job is to make the people sitting there happy. And my job is to do the boring things that make people happy that you don't put on TV. And that man is doing it on TV. <laughs> yeah. I, uh, I Look, I think that uh, you would assume at this point that poor Oliver Hudson is as embarrassed as he possibly could be. But uh, he is actually not, because then Chevy and his mom uh, basically dance like chaperones in the prom. And uh, I, it hurts me that our own... Can I just go pause ahead, for one second? No, no, I'm going to oh. just let it play with the audio. Off, okay. But, uh, go so, Chris, so uh, Tom was talking about how he's a warm-up guy and he would maybe do the cake thing during a warm-up. Sure. I almost, to be a smart-ass, said, so you're saying you wouldn't have a dance-off during this interview either. And boom. And you're boom, not it's a dance-off. I mean, that's shit that, like, fucking you do at a sitcom taping when you're in hour three and the audience is falling asleep. Like, or, it's not okay, what you do. That's all. Do you, think, uh, do you think Oliver Hudson has a uh, framed photo? Uh, you know, I'm gonna I'm gonna assume that he's cropped his girlfriend out because I don't believe that's who he went on to marry. Uh, you know, so do you think he's got a framed photo of uh, the uh, oversized uh, Costco? Although I think at this point it was Price Club uh, cake that says uh, "Happy Birthday, Oliver." I mean, what a great moment! And the thing that upsets me, by the way is many years ago, we had Oliver Hudson on the old Dennis Miller radio show to promote rules of engagement. And I didn't know about this. I mean, our eight minutes with him would have all been on this. Been like, oh yeah, you like working with David Spade? Okay, great. Can we talk about your birthday on the Chevy Chase show? Uh, because, I mean, this show had everything. 
I mean, it's, you know, I almost feel like Stefan just uh, talking about the coolest club in New York. The Chevy Chase show has everything. There's fish in a tank. There's jokes that don't land. There's bad dancing. There's cakes on the floor. And there's uh, pizza. There's, there's white face, you know, three white faces, you know, there's Kabuki theater. There's literally everything on the Chevy Chase show. I've got some great news for you, Christian. I'm pretty yes, sure you sir. can get Oliver Hudson for this show now. All right. <laughs> Duly you know, noted. I would love to see a fourth part where after we <laughs> analyze this for three hours, you then oh. bring on Oliver Hudson. You know what I mean? <laughs> but I think the idea of watching the premiere episode. Right. I agree. Oh, I show that lasted only 29 I, episodes. 29 times. I, I, I would rent a studio. Uh, so that I could sit in person with Oliver. I don't, you know, I'm not going to invite him to my home. I'm not going over to his place, but I would definitely, I'd pay for the, the hour rate, well, two hour rate for a studio and uh, just dive right in there. Um, yeah, it's, uh, I don't know. It, is it just as simple as, hey, it's bad comedy. Look, we've all been around bad comedy. I would never throw the two of you on under the bus. I've been responsible for bad comedy. I don't know that you guys ever have, but I have. Well, uh, right? I know what it feels like. I can oh. imagine what it feels like to be poor, poor Ollie Hudson's girlfriend sitting there like, oh, I got to break up with this guy. What were you going to say, Tom? No, well, listen, the difference between what you're showing and bad comedy is at least with bad comedy, somebody tried. <laughs> there was I, a- you, you clearly did not see the cake. Tom, there yeah. was trying. It's, you know, listen, but I, and I don't want to disparage the mood. Listen, I'm good at my career is, has always been at elevating the room, not the show. And I have found a lot of my talent uh, never quite uh, translated through the screen to energize people. What you're watching there is great warm up. You have celebrities dancing. You have, uh, you know, Goldie Hawn in jorts uh, looking sexy like it is. It's titillating. Uh, And then I could almost hear the guy on camera three like, yeah, yeah, uh, get in on her ass. You know, and it's and I mean that for real. That's that's spoken like a guy who's been in a control room. That is absolutely get in on her butt. Yeah. You know, and 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 listen. uh, And then you made the birthday kid feel good. He looks good in front of his uh very hot 90s girlfriend where if I were still uh, and listen it's not pedophilia because I was 14 at the time for the, for her being 17 but no but his girlfriend's cute in 90s terms it's like the perfect little look at us it's a bar mitzvah yay you know it's so, fine but it's not yeah. TV I, I what I think is great is that we've spent almost 43 minutes on this Goldie Hawn interview which is probably 30 minutes more than anyone on the Chevy Chase show spent thinking about it before it went on. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, All that's true. And uh, what I was going to say is that the show had had everything and we're about to get to the segment that Chevy was probably best known for that he made the name for himself. But before we get to the update segment, uh, Chevy's going to tease it for us. And I think he does a great job. Trades a PLO land uh, for peace. Vince Coleman and two terrorists to be named later. Uh, get all those details here, our news update, and uh, we'll be back. I think I need to start it over. I want everybody to take it in how Chevy teases you. Like, stay tuned through this commercial break because you're about to get comedy on the level of this. And, of course, next on news update, Israel, Israel trades the PLO land uh, for peace. Vince Coleman and two terrorists to be na- named later. 
Uh, get all those details here, our news update, and uh, we'll be back. Yeah, and I think, uh, you know, any Mets fan appreciates the shout-out to Vince Coleman that we got there. But at the same time, um, we talked about how they clearly didn't believe I'm doing a, a, a take two on this show. Uh, there hadn't been rehearsal. I mean, he didn't get any of those words right. It would have been okay to be like, hey, can you start the band up again? Let's just go ahead and take that again. That's not even Chevy's job. That's someone else's job to say, hey, uh, Chevy, can you um, can you give that to us again? And, you know, I think that the thing that personally I, as a, as a comedy nerd, as an SNL nerd, as, as a fan, what I was most excited about was the fact that Chevy's show was going to include a weekend update segment. And of course they couldn't use the term weekend update because NBC was uh, very territorial. You know, Larry Bud Melman had to be called Calvert DeForest, you know, a lot of stuff like that, that that had all just happened, you know? So um, that was a terrible tease for it, but surely we were going to be in store for some real entertainment with the, uh, with the news update segment. They, they called it news update. Now, before we dive into the open, I want to know if, uh, if I filibustered too long and either of you had something you wanted to chime in before we uh, take a look at the news update. No, let's keep it moving. But I think it's it just like you said, it's no rehearsals. Nobody's rehearsing. Yeah. Nobody's practiced. Nobody's He's not good. He's not a natural yeah. at this. Nobody's I rehearsing. I would even say nobody put that in front of his face before he read it on on camera. Yeah, I, I agree. That was a that was the first time the uh, the cue card ink was wet. Let's take a look on how the update segment starts. I know, and I'll be home on this time. This is his bit where he's on the yes, phone. Yes, the shows go pretty long, but I'll be home for dinner. I love you, but you know the president is on the phone. He wants to congratulate me. He's got another phone. All right, I love you, honey. Hello, Mr. President. He hung up on the president. It's very upset. Good evening. I'm Chevy Chase. What I love about that clip is uh, that's not funny. But what I also love about it is uh, he clearly wanted to do I'm Chevy Chase and not say I'm Chevy Chase and you're not. But then you hear the guy in the audience. He's like, yeah. and you're not. <laughs> He's got that look on his face like, motherfucker, I know what the line is. I just didn't want to say it. I, he was going for something. Um, how do we feel about the uh, I'm distractedly on the phone bit that uh, at this point Chevy had been doing for 18 years? Uh, Liam, uh, you must have felt that it still held up at this point, right? I think as far as that bit goes, that was a pretty good iteration of it. Like, okay, the thing is. The way the phones were positioned, I wasn't following it. Like I didn't well, get clearly it. Clearly, there was so for our audio audience, one phone had a black receiver and one had a red receiver because they right. clearly realized like you were gonna you were gonna have to notice that he hung up the wrong phone. Yeah. But then, but then the way that the phones were actually positioned in front of camera, it was a little bit hard for me to figure out, especially with that bad '90s video uh, recording, yeah. which they had hung up on the president by accident until after, and I was like. I was sitting here thinking, like, that's funny. It's just I didn't follow it. Yeah. Yeah. You know, for a second, I thought you were like, tell me more about these phones with cords, Christian. (laughs) Well, there's that, too. And and look, I mean, he's clearly going for, you know, 70s style phones, which, you know, when we were pages at NBC and when uh, we were interns, those were the phones they had at SNL, actually. They still had 70s phones. So I can't knock those phones because – 
they were around into the 21st century. I believe they've uh, finally updated them. Uh, no pun intended. Um, but uh, any thoughts you have about the, the feature, I think will continue. Um, I'm going to say uh, some of these jokes land, some of them don't. Some of them are legitimately funny. Uh, I think a lot of them in your mind, you have to stop and go like, what was going on? At the oh, okay, yeah, I do understand that now. Some of them are, some of them are okay. It's, uh, it's kind of like any monologue or, you know, update style. The jokes, sometimes they work, sometimes they don't. Good evening. I'm Chubby Chase. Uh, a lot of events have happened in the news since I've been away, uh, but some things never change. Our top story, Generalissimo Francisco Franco is still dead. Which obviously uh, running gag through his time on Weekend Update when he would come back and guest host, you know, uh, Liam and I were talking about, it was probably about a year or two before this, he uh, did a, he hosted SNL, he did Weekend Update with Kevin Nealon, he brought, he trotted out that joke again, you have to really be a fan to know that that's continuing, but I feel like he just felt like, it's like, that's my thing, we're going to go with Francisco Franco still dead everybody's going to laugh, right? Yeah. You know, kind of, kind of. Uh, but, you know, I, I guess you could have predicted that he was going to start with that. And maybe if he didn't start with it, people would have been like, what the, where was it? Where was that joke? Uh, but um, let's, let's get a little bit more because he's, he's clearly very comfortable. Oh, I do want to talk about how he's reading these from script pages and also looking up at the camera. And this was how they did, if you see Weekend Update with Gene Curtin, uh, you know, Chevy, obviously Billy Murray, uh, Dan Aykroyd, I'm close, I can call him Billy. Uh, that's how they did it. And they did it like that for a while. I think Dennis Miller even did it that way. Just look, read the fucking cue cards. Well, you don't need uh, to read uh, it off the paper, you know, because just because that's what real newscasters did. Go ahead, Tom, sorry. Newscasters used to have. I know. The yeah. printed copy, and they would have the prompter or a cue card. Yeah. You know, I don't mind it. I, I mean, whatever. Uh, it, okay. At this point, it's all right. You want to do weekend update? Here's my big complaint about this before we go further. Sure. It's a new talk show, and you're doing something you did 18 years ago. Where's the beef? <laughs> you know, no. And where, even, where is the beef? <laughs> uh, even about the general Francisco, whoever joke. Uh, Francisco Franco, sure. He, by uh, the way, by the way, uh, right now uh, in September 2023. Francisco, General Eastimo, Francisco Franco, still dead, by the way. I just want to make sure that the joke's <laughs> Oh, what a great now joke. Liam finally got it. It took Liam almost 50 years. Yeah. But, no, uh, yeah. But look, Chevy's clearly having a problem reading it off the paper. And he's so uncomfortable. Uh, I'll have to do it. I'll have to look and see if he continues reading it from the paper. Uh, but uh, let's let's get some more funny in here, please. Yes. Knows and funny. Filipino President uh, Fernand Marcos is still hanging on valiantly to remain dead. <laughs> Marcos was not only the president of the Philippines, he was also a member of the Hair Club for Men. Now let's keep in mind, in 1993, that joke had only been beaten to death about five years earlier. Now it's been beaten to death like 35 years ago. But at this point, Hair Club for Men, also a client, it, it was still new enough. And uh, back to... He looks so natural, doesn't he? While performing a concert in Singapore, pop star Michael Jackson was taken by surprise when the audience spontaneously broke into song wishing him a happy 35th birthday. Before continuing his performance, 
The singer was heard to say, even though I just turned 35, I still feel like a 13-year-old. Okay, now, now if he Top notch joke. It... Top notch joke, by the way. Love that joke. No notes on the joke itself. Uh, what, what do you guys want to say? If he had made a joke there about Oliver Hudson's birthday, I would have been on <laughs> all about the Chevy Chase show. And I don't think that joke been like the crowd started singing, but they awkwardly dropped a giant cake in front right. of the stage. You right. know what? I agree with you 100 percent, Liam. What were you going to say, Tom? Uh, he's he he flubbed that joke. I'd love to play it again. I, he said, I sure, feel like back. a 13 year old. Go back. Yeah. No, no, no. I, I mean, that's like I feel like a piece like if it were you funny, know? it would be. And then Michael Jackson said, I, I know I'm 35, but I still feel 13 years old. He said, I still feel like I'm no, 13. No, I feel like a 13-year-old. It's almost like, can you yeah. buy anyone? I yeah, still yeah, feel yeah. 13 okay. years old is the joke. He screwed up. No, no, I think All the right. joke is like, hey, I feel like a Coke. Could you get me a Coke? Yeah, right, exactly. I feel like I feel a 13-year-old. Like, oh, I feel, I feel like, like a, I feel like a Quiznos toasted sandwich. I right. feel like a 13-year-old. If I were at home in 1993 and yeah, I had to on Zoom to explain it, great joke. Fine. <laughs> okay. Uh, well, now I rewound it a little bit, but we'll I just turned 35. I still feel like a 13 year old. <laughs> the story was very new. <laughs> you know, uh, who knows what Michael was actually up to, but uh, the uh, allegations were fairly new at this point. And in the Middle East this week, a major breakthrough after months of negotiations, Israel has finally agreed to give the Palestinians a homeland. Unfortunately, it's Bosnia. <laughs> Again, not a bad joke. It's all not right. A bad joke. Heavy, it's okay. but that's a shock. I'll take it. Yeah. I, I mean, look, they just right. showed a picture of a dead body two jokes ago. Like, you know, it's, it's they're, they're clearly like, let's. Was that really the dead body? Yeah, like that was it. the real. Yeah. That was the body of uh, of uh, Ferdinand Marcos, who he called Marcus. But you know, let's <laughs> let's let's give Chevy a little bit of a break. You know, I don't <laughs> I don't mean to. Uh, uh, you know, I don't want to. I don't want to hammer everything. You know, but uh, yeah, I mean, look, I think that in general, the strength of the jokes for a segment like this, for her monologue, that's not all on Chevy. You know what I'm saying? It's uh, it's just the delivery is why I've isolated uh, several of these clips. I I'm, think it's interesting to kind of uh, kind of see, you know, how he does with the material that's been presented to him. Uh, and then also the fact that the audience, I, I do believe at this point, we're at the halfway point of the show, uh, believe it or not. Uh, he, uh, I think he's lost the audience by this point. That, that might I, be the case. I will say when this show aired, I was squarely in the demographic that advertisers wanted to discover. Yep. And Chevy Chase is on there doing everything that my parents would have been like enjoying. If they had stayed no, you don't understand. Them. This is not your parents' talk show because they showed a dead body and they're making jokes about Michael Jackson diddling 13-year-olds. Uh, agree to disagree, Liam. And uh, Chevy, I believe, also uh, is here to disagree. The United States Marine Corps is embroiled in a controversy following the revelation that as many as 500 Marines at Camp Pendleton might have participated in a widespread gay pornography ring. As a result of the scandal, the Marines have adopted a new recruiting policy. Uh, don't ask, don't tell, and don't bend over for the soap. <laughs> Even standards. by 1993 standards. Uh, I, I believe uh, Kevin Brennan would say, hack! I think that's 
kind of the only thing you can say uh, about uh, the drop. Uh, it's hack, but, I, but it's hack that could have even been done better. Don't ask, don't, tell, don't bend over, would have worked. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, but don't bend over. somebody somebody was like, syllables. Uh, you got to explain why not to bend over. Why would you bend yeah. over? But, I, I, yeah. But that was exactly the joke that Norm was doing on Weekend Update to fuck with people. I mean, exactly that joke that he just told. Norm yeah. would have told that on Update strictly to annoy the audience. Listen, I'm guilty <laughs> of it in a lot of my – and I don't know. Norm, I, Norm was homophobic. Let's own a few things. I don't think Norm yeah. – for I admire Norm's. Well, uh, all right, so let's uh, let's interject that uh, you know that he might have had some views that, uh, quite honestly, a lot of people were uh, able to share it at a different point. Let's not forget the track listing of Eddie Murphy comedian uh, track three or maybe even track one uh, is a it's slur uh, for yeah. The, the album starts with a slur for homosexuals. Uh, so yes. I'm not saying that was something that we could have. That was something that, in general, people were expected to laugh at at one point. You you still have. uh, I want to let you finish your thought. I just wanted to try and put it into context. You know, for all the damn Gen Zers who watch this show, I wanted to. I wanted to give them a little history lesson. A little rap stash. Here's my heavy thought. I want to get out of the way, just in case you move on quick. Is listen, Chevy Chase was the first anchor of Weekend Update. And I don't think anybody says he was the best. And, you know, and then what you're seeing now is I'm I it's easy to say this now because it worked for Seth Meyers. Maybe if he did these fast jokes at the beginning of the show, they might have lasted 35 episodes instead of 29. But it's you know, I like the idea of fast paced jokes The jokes or whatever. But this is. Not ex- I was more excited about a fish tank and Goldie singing. Wait, Tom, are you saying that there's a reason why Late Night does topical news monologue jokes at the top of the show to get the audience going before the guest comes on? Well, listen, Is- and you know what's funny? Yes, and an interesting thought going the other way. When I worked in daytime, I once got in trouble for not knowing – like in daytime, sometimes they'll put the what would be the lead guest – a little further into the end of the show to get people to stay on board. So maybe that's the logic here, but I agree with you, Liam, fast paced jokes and humor belong at the front. Everything you've seen right now is Bob, the DJ doing warm up. I I do think that the expectation was that people would want to see Chevy doing weekend updates. So yes, let's put it in a little bit later in the show. Um, Keeping in mind programming note, the show started at 11. Those The other shows started at 11.30, 11.35. So they might have actually been like, let's put it in the middle of the show so that it's at the same time as the monologues oh. around. Um, but uh, someone else uh, who did Weekend Update, Dennis Miller, he, uh, two nights a week, would do a Weekend <clears throat> Update-style segment called News of the Week on his uh, Tribune-syndicated talk show, which his six-month run compared to the Chevy Chase show, I mean, it's... You know, it's like The Simpsons by comparison, uh, but they would do it at the top of the show uh, where it kind of made sense because the other nights of the week, he'd do a regular monologue. So you just kind of expect that stuff at the top of your show. But, uh, you know, if only there had been a, a, a definitive uh, oral history of the Chevy Chase show, we would know why News Update was uh, placed here uh, at, at this point. Um, I'm going to I'm going to hazard a guess because yes. that's where it was placed during Saturday Night Live. 
in the middle of the oh, show. Yeah, it's true. It was at like somewhere between midnight and 1215. It's a, you know what? I'm giving you a bell. That's right. I give them away. Uh, not as freely as our pal Cardiff Electric, but I do give them away. Um, so, look, I, I know we should move on from the joke portion of news update. I understand that we've hit an hour and we haven't got to Whoopi yet. The, there's, not as much, Whoopi. there's not as much Whoopi. And we, should I was do, talking, we should do a third hour so that no, way. No, 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 no. We're not, we're not doing a third hour. I, I'm going to finish this. <laughs> if you have to go, you have to go. Uh, but here's the thing about Whoopi. <laughs> Um, I said this to Liam before we started. I don't have anything negative to say about Whoopi. Watching the interview segment with Chevy Chase and Whoopi, I said, wow, Whoopi's a really good friend. She came and helped out Chevy, and uh, he needed some help, you know, uh, in, in the segment. Um, but uh, is Tom laying down for a nap? I'm <laughs> laughing. No, for I'm sure. laughing at this whole thing, my friend. No, because I'm having so much fun with you guys, but this is – we, I'm enjoying my time with you. I know your listeners and viewers are enjoying the time together, but that we are being ridiculous. Yes. Well, yeah. look, my pal, and, and you know, Tom, my pal Farad Muhammad, he loved the first part of this. He could not wait for the second part. And as much as he would want there to be three parts, uh, we, uh, we have <laughs> just a little bit more to deal with. And, you know, I think that we've done a good job summarizing the news update feature we're not entirely done looking at it. We're done with the joke portion. For the most part, it went well. Uh, you know, the jo jokes work or they don't, you know? And uh, like I said, uh, some of that is on Chevy for how he delivered them. Some of that's definitely in the writing, but there's only so much he can do. So uh, the, the feature ends with uh, that's the news. Good night and have a pleasant tomorrow. And then there's about, a pleasant tomorrow. There he is. He spells good night. Heavy shuffle. The papers. He holds his hand. And comedy comes with funny faces. We all know it. But now here he is, staring directly into the camera and clearly uncomfortable. So he's going to shuffle the papers again. There's a director in a control booth going, we have 15 more seconds. No, uh, Liam, they have about uh, 90 more seconds. This is uh, and again, completely pre-planned because Chevy knows that, uh, you know, he, you know, making faces at Jane Curtin or, you know, while, you know, during a uh, very important point, point counterpoint. So he's doing stuff with the pencils. He's autographing the script pages. If only there'd been an eBay then, uh, I certainly would have bought one. And he's just sitting here, and he's he's doing the Chevy thing. And I'm going to just mute it entirely, but uh, we'll continue watching it for our video guests. Um, there, there's no way that this is to fill time. No, but hang on. Real question. Uh, yeah. What time did they tape the show? Uh, I mean, probably like most shows, they did it like five, six o'clock, something like that. You know, I mean, uh, L.A. time, probably, you know, somewhere in the evening. And Chevy, sorry, Chevy picks up a glass of water. Still going. And, uh, he does. Yeah. And then that's a uh, straight out of airplane. That's right. When I started my drinking problem uh, and he's got water on his hands. But he's doing, could you turn the sound up for a second? He's doing the physical uh, sure comedy. He, but yeah, but listen, he's doing like you were saying before, what he does best. It's his physical comedy. He's hemming and hawing. And the weakness here is there's no... 
your promises wasted if it's enjoyed on the first show. And there is a solid 30% of the audience that's enjoying this. Oh, really? I'm enjoying it. Honestly. Oh, and then it, so he slides out a shot, and then he's picking his nose at the end. So Yeah, that's, but you know what? If this real... were off the top, I might I might be more enthused, and maybe our two-hour retrospective would have gone a little quicker. <laughs> two so hours. if this was the beginning of the show. Yeah, Tom, you, you wish, wish this yeah. was going two hours. Yeah. It might so, not go two hours today. Do you guys feel like his physical gags, they were like beat it out, you know, they'd been written out like, okay, then you go to drink water here, then you play with the pencil after that, or was it just parentheses, Chevy Vamps? I want to know as, uh, as people who've been around comedy uh, for as long as you guys have, uh, I'll ask you first, Tom, do you feel that every single one of those was a beat he had to hit? It had been decided upon in the rehearsal that he may or may not have attended. Or do you think it was just like, whatever you want to do, and then when you slide out, pick your nose at the end, and then the, the bit's over. You know what, man? Uh, if I were reproduce, if this you, if the three of us were producers, and we were going in to produce and fix episode two, I think what you saw there, no, if, we were, if that was a piece of talent that the three of us were responsible for uh, making a TV show host. I think there's something great there, which was let Chevy be Chevy. Let Chevy have fun. And a lot of what okay. we did when I worked at Rosie O'Donnell was, well, Tom, that's a great idea, but uh, Rosie won't enjoy that. You know, that might, you know, like that's a Conan sure. bit, the weekend update bit. That's a, this bit, that's a, that bit. And I have found, especially with talk show comedy, uh, Liam is more of an expert on late night than I, but for daytime, it's let the host have fun and it will shine through the screen. And that's what happened there. The problem with everything else that they're doing so far is it's just kind of forced and he doesn't want to be there. Like that's the first moment, even with Goldie Hawn ready to make out with him. It was him <laughs> making faces and spilling water was the first time in this 45 minute show so far that I've seen him look like he wanted to be there. Yeah. I will agree with Tom, and I'll add though, if your if your question is was this pre-planned or was this all improvised, that camera move at the end where they fake catch him picking his nose, I I haven't seen so far in this talk show that kind of level of crew slash talent symbiosis where everybody's on the same page and they're just like okay. We're going to let Chevy slide off and find something and then we'll we'll catch him doing it or not. Like, I think that Can that might be the only thing on this show that Chevy knew was coming. You know, <laughs> and, and using a old Rosie O'Donnell word that pops up in daytime TV a lot is organic. Rosie was using the word organic before <clears throat> it was cool. Say what you want there. Everything there was organic. Um, like sometimes you'll see in, you know, uh, I actually have my first podcast sponsor slash Instagram sponsor uh, that I'm going to be taping something for on Wednesday. And they just said, hey, can you make this Italian market funny? You know, like, and what I saw, and then what you usually see is uh, a script and it will say, Chevy, make this funny. What I saw there wasn't that. What I just saw there was, oh my God, this guy's actually having fun. Why can't we have yeah. more show? 
you know what? I think you might be right. He might have been having fun, but boy, was it still a very long bit. I mean, just really milking it and uh, stretching it out. And uh, in terms of the crew symbiosis, uh, I will indeed borrow a 35-year-old joke from my former boss, Dennis Miller. I haven't seen choreography that stiff since the Lee Harvey Oswald prison transfer. But now we do finally get to our last guest of the evening. Can I just make one the more delightful, point? Sure. Uh, let me just finish my thoughts. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I I the, the delightful Whoopi Goldberg uh, is going to be here. And Tom, I meant everything that I said. I'm not just saying it because I know that you work with her and I know how fond you are of her. I'm a fan of Whoopi Goldberg. She's a tremendous guest for a guy who is not comfortable doing what he's doing. But Liam, your thought before we dive into the, the clip oh. of, an, of a unique gift that Whoopi has brought for Chevy. I think uh, the time may have passed for this comment. We're going on to Tom's friend Whoopi now. But if I was the executive producer of that show, I would have seen that at the end of the news update and then said, let's do that at the top of the show, every show. And let's just have Chevy be silly yeah. and it'll let him loosen up and he can do that as long as he wants, like Conan did with the fucking puppet strings that he would do every night. It just, yeah, yeah that's like, true. He was having fun. Yeah, and you know what? And listen, Conan puppet strings—it's not gold. It's not something I would watch on a TikTok, but I would watch it on a late night show. Right. Yeah. No, I look. I, I think there is something to be said for that. Talking about uh, Conan loosening up, you know, as Tom and I know, the way that he used to do the warm up is he would come out and sing "Hunk Hunk a Burn in Love." He grabs some of the <laughs> audience and dance. It was fantastic. And then uh, I went to a taping of the Tonight Show uh, when Conan was hosting, and uh, he did not do that. And he did not look loose and he did not look comfortable. And uh, the show was not nearly as much fun. Uh, but, uh, you know, also for anybody that ever went, and I know, again, our pal Farad Muhammad, he went to the first Conan O'Brien Tonight Show. You were like, I don't know, a half a studio away from the stage where the audience was. It was a very mm. badly designed set. And, uh, you know, one thing you can say what you want about Leno going out and high fiving people in the audience. That was his idea to bring the audience closer to him. Mm. Uh, and uh, I think that uh, you really get that connection. You build it early on. And maybe Chevy awkwardly, you know, shuffling his papers and sliding off camera. And each night he's doing something different. You know, maybe he's drinking from a flask. I don't know. Doing a line of Coke. Probably not on Fox. But you know what I'm saying? Uh, you could have built uh, something out of it. So. I, I will uh, defer to your judgment uh, on that, but uh, I just know that it didn't play the way that it, it was done, especially not in the middle of the show. And uh, Liam, I felt like you were saying something. I was just going to say, I went to see a taping of uh, Letterman's show at the Ed Sullivan Theater once. And to see Dave talking to the audience before the show was a revelation because he was so famously like, once the show starts, no audience interaction, no standing ovation. Uh, I want to, if I have to talk to the audience, I want it tightly scripted in a game show format. And to see him before the taping, just talking to people in the audience, riffing, being funny off the, off the cuff, it was like, ah, oh. and that was his way of like getting comfortable and engaging the audience and yeah. seeing who was out there. Well, my humble brag is I went to more than one taping of Letterman at the Ed Sullivan Theater. Thank me very much. Um, and I knew that uh, they took audience questions. So uh, one of the times I went, I immediately shot my hand up so that I would be the one to ask a question. And I, I stood up and I said, uh, Dave, we all know what uh, lovely singing voice you have. And I was uh, hoping you could uh, share one of your favorite songs with all of us. And he, he, did, he definitely chuckled. And he's like, yeah, no chance in hell, kid. You know, but it was great. It was like, that's what I wanted. 
you know? Right. Uh, so, uh, and you definitely felt like uh, he got looser. Uh, in yep. the interest of time, we okay. are going to set up our uh, Whoopi Goldberg brings Chevy uh, an unusual gift, perhaps a fortuitous gift, unfortunately, for old Cornelius. But uh, let's see how this goes. Do you feel too? Oh, wait, let me help. What's the matter, Ben? There you go. Thank oh, yeah. you. I want to save this paper because we don't, we recycle in our house. As well you should. <laughs> and, uh, you know, this oh, is Friday, hey, honey. <laughs> this, is, this is beautiful. What? what? Oh, how sweet of you. Yeah. I thought you'd like them. Yeah. <laughs> they're ladies, too. Yeah, are they my size? They might be a little tight on you, but these are the shoes I danced in when my, when my, in the opening of my show, and I wanted to give you a good luck present. Of course, my show didn't do all that well, but this is my heart. Oh, that's not true. Well, no, no, baby. What a, you know. But so, no, there's an, old, there's an old test of that. Your show did very Sorry, uh, Chevy uh, picks up her shoe and. Uh, well, so that's feels... an easy joke. I, I, I would have done yeah. that. No, no, does... I just wanted I wanted to tell the the audio audience why I, I stopped it. So Chevy, yeah, I should have uh, set set it up better. Chevy smells the inside of her shoe. That is actually very funny. Um, he does more with the shoes though, so it's a, it's a, it's a little bit more. But yeah, so. Your show did very well. <laughs> well, what are you doing now? Since uh, since you're, uh, I don't know what to do with these. Are just. Uh... Just put them up on. Oh! Oh, oh man, these what are they spikes? <laughs> Let's put them right here. Could be. There we are. It went to his so, dick. <laughs> uh, yeah, I was gonna say. So he uh, put the uh, the the high heel shoes uh, underneath the desk, and uh, the joke was that he squashed his testicles with them. I'm told that that's something that people enjoy and pay extra for. Ha! I'm told. I don't. Um, I don't know anything about it. I don't know anyone who knows anything about that. Uh, but. I think that uh, it is a thoughtful gift, but uh, knowing the uh, the spoiler for how things go with the Chevy Chase show, uh, you know, obviously it is a fairly funny gift. It's a fairly ironic gift. Um, Chevy seems to be a little prescient here, but again, Whoopi Goldberg is a great friend in this uh, next clip that we have. Show's uh, going the way mine is about to go. <laughs> <laughs> That's uh, my fault. Uh, it didn't. Uh, it started playing before we heard it. So let's let's hear what uh, he says to her. What are you doing with yourself now that your your show's uh, going the way mine is about to go? <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 no. See, now that's why I'm here. I'm here to tell you to to put all that garbage out of your mind. You're gonna yeah. have the greatest time. People yeah. are gonna come out and say the dumbest stuff and floor you, and you have to go on. I thought I. Yeah, this would be where Ron Howard, as the announcer, comes in. He didn't, because he did not have fun. He did not go on to have uh, a fun time. I, I, I think it's a fairly accurate assessment there. And I'm sorry, Tom, what were you going to say? No, uh, well, one, uh, so one, it's nice to see a, a young Whoopi. I haven't, you know, like as a man who grew up with older Whoopi 20 years after this. Uh, but a fun story is Whoopi is known for her love of shoes. She has a shoe rack 
in her dressing room at The View, and they're generally nice shoes that are loaned to her or given to her that she'll wear once or twice on TV and then give away to friends and charities. Uh, I have one, I used to have one pair of her shoes uh, that I wore for a few weeks. I would wear every couple of weeks to be uh, fun and, you know, and show off energy. They were kind of like, uh, by gender shoes, whatever you want to call them, or what do you call things that can be worn? A you know unisex, gender unisex. neutral. Uh, yeah, gender yes. neutral. Thank you. Um, and anyway, and you see what I see here is a little bit of the woman I call my friend, where she's encouraging a guy who's having a bad day and trying to pull him out of a funk. Yes, I think I, she can tell he's not having fun, and I, she just said it uh, a thousand percent. And that's why I said she is a great friend. Uh, she comes on. And uh, she's very encouraging, and she uh, tries to help him have fun. Uh, you know, there's uh, some very good banter. It was, you know, it is, it, you know, and and Tom, it, it's it's not like you don't see this whoopee very often because of her role on Star Trek: Next Generation. I assume that uh, your your favorite episodes uh, are on some kind of loop there at your apartment when you're not podcasting. So she probably shows up at least two three times a week. But I know what you're saying. Uh, it, you know, seeing her in this uh, interview setting. Um, I, I have uh, something specific I want to set up uh, for one of our last clips here. But uh, Liam, I wanted to know if uh, if you were sitting on any uh, pent up energy about uh, this interaction thus far. I am unabashedly a fan of Tom's friend Whoopi. Um, and I'm not just saying that because I don't want him to report back to her. Uh, I think that if you watch that first, uh, I think there's video of it, her first sh Broadway show where she played all the different characters. Um, I think that showbiz back then was a little binary. And so they like to put people in slots. They didn't know which slot to put her in. So they often put her in the stand-up comedian slot, mm. which meant she was put in roles that she wasn't suited for, like late night talk show host or... Honestly, co-hosting Comic Relief with Robin Williams and Billy Crystal. Like, just things that I didn't feel like she excelled. I'm ready to fight now. I'm ready to fight. No, I, th I, th I think that they're, I, I, I liked them together because they had a very different energy. I know what you're saying, though. But the, but the thing is, like... She, by the time she came around to The View, I think she was comfortable with doing that kind of a show. And look, well, she, I've she's seen great on the views of hers. I've seen episodes of her talk show, and I think that, like, it's it was like... A, I think it was a half hour... Just one yeah, format. Up. And yeah, that kind of show, it works when the guest is interesting. Like Charlie Rose, uh, right. let's not talk about his private life, but some of those are fascinating, and some of those you only put on because it was eleven thirty and you knew you could fall asleep. You but know? I just want to finish my thought. Go ahead, which Charlie, is, I'm sure. You watch her as a guest on on the Chevy Chase show, right? And she's. You see why she's so good on The View. I think like The View is a terrible show that Whoopi Goldberg excels at because she's so empathetic and so herself and just kind of like joking around and saying like, hey, you're going to have a better time than I will because these are the good parts of the show that you're doing. And um, now you're just now you're just begging Tom to shiv you, but uh, I see what you're no, saying. No, 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 uh, no, no, no. I actually, without harping on defending or not defending The View, uh, let's focus on the positive things that Liam just said there, which is he's right. Uh, th th there is a magic to Whoopi Goldberg. Uh, and I'm also saying this not just as a person who considers her a friend, but I, I grew up admiring her. I actually loved her on Comic Relief. 
Um, but she does elevate things. I, I loved Jumpin' Jack Flash. Burglar was pretty good, but I, I definitely watched Jumpin' Jack Flash on HBO many, many times. But building on Liam's thought, what you're seeing there is Whoopi's ability to just show up and elevate something. Yeah. Yeah. And I'll give you that. We could argue, we, we could d- debate the finer points another time on hour six of this, where we actually watch us watching this. But well, here's the thing about I just want to say very quickly about Whoopi on Comic Relief and why it didn't work for me is she was surrounded by Paula Poundstones and Sam Kinnison's. And what she does is very intricate, subtle character work. Oh, and- I, I'm going to, yeah, just uh, just so I don't argue with you, but also don't sound like I'm letting you get away with it either. Uh, she'll even say that she's not a true stand up, that she's, she's not. an improv and whatnot. But yeah. what I liked about her on those shows was she, was she wasn't there to do stand up, she was there to be whoopee. Right. And that's why I loved her there. So you're right. If you compare her to, I don't know, I'm doing five minutes on the Tonight Show, she'll even say that wasn't her bag. All right. Well, we've got uh, we've got one more thing to look at. There's one moment uh, after uh, Whoopi's initial segment where she calls uh, Goldie Hawn back out on the uh, on the show, and uh, I thought it was uh, kind of funny. Uh, Chevy has a uh, has a little bit of a of an improv moment here. And uh, I, uh, I thought I would uh, just let a couple minutes of this play, but uh, this is sort of at the end. Goldie comes back out and she acts as though uh, she was about to leave. But uh, again, you know, TV magic, they clearly knew that this was coming. But they come up and they do this. Oh, Goldie, I just love you. I love you. I go to you so that's right, something. <laughs> so I wrote. Is that true? They, yes, they, they, they come they... up and they call me Goldie yeah. Horn. <laughs> Well, I think I think we can straighten that out I right here. I want to straighten this out now. Can we have this camera, please? No. You see this? Yeah. This is Whoopi. Whoopi is the colored girl, the African American, <laughs> the Negress. Goldie is the Caucasian girl. Yeah. The white woman with the blonde hair. So this is funny. The interaction, you know, I assume that this must have happened, but it's also funny on the second level in that she's, uh, you know, they're not taking the right cameras. There's probably a reason. Probably the light doesn't look right. But I do think it's funny. Can I have this camera? And then they cut to a different camera and then she's leaning into a camera and they're cutting to a different camera while they do this. You know, it's kind of a funny bit. Uh, Clearly, I'm not Goldie Hawn. I'm Whoopi Goldberg. They're similar names, but we're not the same people. Maybe maybe it wasn't rehearsed because they don't have the right cameras. But, uh, you know, Goldie seems like she's here having fun the whole time. Do not call me Goldie Hawn. <laughs> call me Whoopi. Would you like to be called Goldie Hawn because that's your name? Yeah, I'd love to be called Goldie I just Hon. want to make sure that y'all got that. <laughs> Uh, that is uh, the truth. Let's not lose our composure here. There's a lot of Negress and Goldie, too. We'll be right back after this uh, commercial. It's going to be a little throwaway line that uh, perhaps, uh, you know, uh, ill-conceived uh, could have uh, dipped out of the audio uh, on that. Look, I think uh, it's kind of funny when you get the guests interacting. You know, at this point in talk show history, you didn't usually have guests stay out on the couch. It was a very Carson thing. Yes, sometimes it happened when there were exceptions. The granddaddy of them all uh, being, you know, Norm MacDonald staying out on the couch when Courtney Thorne Smith comes on to promote the uh, Carrot Top movie. 
but uh, very rarely did you get those moments. Uh, well, you know, Burt Reynolds and Mark Summers is another one that comes to mind. So, you know, I, there's a few, but uh, you didn't usually get it. And I thought it was fun to have the interaction between the, the two hosts. Of course, know each other, you know. I would even go further and say Whoopi took over the show for two minutes. And she came up <laughs> off, the, off the cuff with a very funny bit. And she started hosting. And when she started hosting, it became a spontaneous, fun show where the other guest came out and was having fun and the audience was having fun. And then the actual host of the show then said something that bummed everyone out, or at least bummed me out. I can't imagine it didn't bum Whoopi out on some level or, you know. She probably didn't didn't hear him. In all honesty, the band started playing. You know, she was there with uh, Goldie. Well, the the big ending uh, for the premiere episode of the uh, Chevy Chase show, uh, there hadn't been enough comedy squeezed into our lives on this evening. So uh, Chevy, clearly this had maybe been intended for earlier in the show. Chevy uh, has to read some congratulations. And uh, I think it's only fitting that we end on these congratulations on the first episode of the Chevy Chase show that uh, Chevy shared. This is one from the White House. Dear Chevy, uh, Hillary and I wish I could be there, wish we could be there. We know you'll kill the competition. Congratulations fondly. Chelsea. Uh, Dear Chevy, take a big dump. Roseanne and Tom. Dear Chevy, congratulations and best of luck. I would have mailed this, but you have to do a lot of cartwheels around here to get a freaking stamp. Yours, Dan Rostenkowski. Hey, that's a political one. That's pretty funny. Yeah, so uh, you have to have watched a lot of, uh, if you remember talk shows from the era, boy, that uh, Dan Rostenkowski, uh, uh, Letterman got a lot of mileage out of him. Uh, I think everybody did. What was he famous uh, for, Ron Rostenkowski? He was he was stealing money. I think uh, you know through through the like the post office somewhere. He was funneling money illegally, and he went to jail for it. Uh, it's really like you know, it's not as big a story as like a Butterfuco story, but it's the same era, and that's why you know it was another go to joke. So if it's like corrupt politician. You know, if The Simpsons had started a few years later, maybe uh, Diamond Joe Kim- Quimby's last name would have been Rostenkowski. It's like such a dated joke, but you're like, oh, I guess it was kind of current. But the audience didn't laugh. Um, the uh, final moment I share before we uh, wind it down, it's from this same clip. Uh, Chevy's saying goodnight, and he's trying to wrap up his show. And uh, I think it's worth watching how this goes. So he thanks his guests. That's Goldie it. Hawn and Whoopi Goldberg for making my... <laughs> Uh, Goldie and Whoopi, making my yeah, for making my uh, guests of the Chevy Chase show, uh, which uh, you know I hope that uh, that that uh, hotel appreciates living on in in infamy. Uh, you know, definitely the uh, the clunky ending there, but he also is like, oh, I'm not even going to finish my sentence. Uh, thanks for coming on. <laughs> I, I I need a drink after this, and I'm not even implying that Chevy's a drinker. I just think a lot of people would need a drink after this show. I feel like even if it had gone really well, there would be a, a weight uh, off your world. Uh, Tom, I don't know if you remember, you know, uh, getting to speak to the uh, the writing staff of Late Night with Conan O'Brien. You know, they taught some of the like guys like Brian Kiley who'd been there in the beginning. They talk about how the first show went pretty well and everybody was happy. And they were having a little celebration in the studio. And then they realized, like, wait, we got to do this four more times this week. (laughs) And we have nothing, you know. So at some point that had to hit Chevy, you know. So it's like, well, we can do the uh, the Kabuki uh, lip sync uh, jazz thing again. Which, by the way, 
uh, Whoopi really liked. At some point in the Whoopi conversation, she talked about how she really liked that piece of music, and that like and, and Chevy par- perked up to that. Uh, it was a good interaction, so therefore uh, not worth highlighting for our show here. Well, guys, we did it. We made it to the end of the first episode of the Chevy Chase show uh, in a in a runtime that uh, would have really covered all, uh, you know, the first three about, you know, if we had just been standing <laughs> talking about, just watched them in a linear fashion, watched a super cut of the first three episodes. Uh, that is, uh, that is certainly what we, we, we could have done there, but I can't wait uh, to see Chevy Chase's retrospective on this in 30 years. Oh yeah. We're going to, we're going to watch the clips of us watching clips uh, sometime in, uh, well, it would have to be 2053, I guess. And, uh, you know, we can joke about it right now, but, uh, I feel like that's, uh, that's, that's a reasonable expectation. I'll see you boys tomorrow when, uh, we start dissecting episode two. No, uh, <laughs> let us know what you thought about this other than Farad Muhammad, who I know, uh, really appreciates this level of attention to detail. And if you appreciate attention to detail for television, you will love our next episode of the Blackcast, episode 561. I sit down with a mutual friend of Tom and mine, our pal Ron Mata, and Ooh. we review some epic, very special episodes from sitcoms, including the goat, the granddaddy of a, a very special episodes, the Different Strokes episode. And if you know the show I'm talking about. Board and Jump. We talk Bike about stroke. the Bicycle Man. We talk how, about. Uh, how would you episode. like the Sunday? Exactly. We talk about an episode of Too Close for Comfort that I only realized existed about a year and a half ago. And uh, Ron remembered very well uh, where Jim J. Bullock's character, Monroe, is uh, abducted and raped by two women. And uh, it is played for laughs. Wait, no, no. Oh, yeah. I'll send you a link. Yeah, it's on Tubi. Yeah, yeah. Please do. Oh my yeah, God. Ted Knight is stellar in this uh, in this performance. <laughs> uh, and then we try to lighten the mood just a little uh, with the uh, Doobie Brothers episode of What's Happening. So which Doobie you that, be? Which Doobie you be? Yeah, which one of the guys in the Doobie Brothers said that, uh, you know, every time they play a concert, at least one person <laughs> says that, which I love. I love that idea. Uh, so you'll be able to find that next time uh, on the Blackcast. And you can find me on Twitter, Instagram, at Christian DMZ. And of course, uh, the show I'm a part of, Who Are These Broadcasters, Tuesdays, noon Pacific, 3 p.m. Eastern on the Who Are These Podcasts Network. Liam, if you want to be found, where can you do that? Uh, I have a couple of albums on Spotify, Tidal, Amazon, wherever you're streaming them. Uh, And I make a little bit of money every time you stream them. And I mean a little bit of money, but I do make a, a couple cents, so... That's always good. And look, other than that, it's been a pleasure to watch the first episode of the Chevy Chase show. I'll tell you this. If you want to find me, you can catch me watching uh, the Too Close for Comfort episode. (laughs) This is incredible. I believe it's called, it's from season four, and I believe it's called For Every Man There Are Two Women. I think that's Yeah, there it is. Yeah. There it is. I mean, Ron and I will dive into it, but they, they knew what they had because they filmed it for a season and then it didn't air until the summer after the following season <laughs> so they, they kind of realized like oh so yeah we talk a lot about it but uh, obviously the the big can story I, can i read bicycle man please I read absolutely. the storyline monroe is kidnapped and raped by two women in a van 
When the police dismiss Monroe's story, Henry searches for the rapist himself. And Henry shows up naked and is like, ladies, do what you will. You jest, Liam, but uh, I don't want to give it away. But uh, there's uh, there's more to that story than uh, there might seem uh, otherwise. So, yeah, that, that'll be uh, next time uh, on our show. And uh, Tom, we're uh, other than watching Too Close for Comfort and oh. maybe the Doobie Brothers episode of What's Happening. I don't know. Maybe you want to watch that. It's, it's two parters. Actually, the Too Close for Comfort episode is the only one that's only a one parter. All the others are uh, two parters. TomKellyShow.com. I have a podcast there. I have some great Instagram content, but none of it is as good as what the next episode of the Bladcast is going to be. Holy cow. I'm, I'm doing the DB thing of listening to you guys and Googling what you're talking about. This next podcast of the Bladcast is your, uh, wow. I have nothing. Don't even listen to my stuff. I got stuff next week. Don't bother. <laughs> oh, but uh, of course, uh, you can also follow Tom Kelly's show. And uh, as I mentioned, I'm at Christian DMZ. And uh, that very special episode is not this time. That'll be next time on the Blackcast. Thank you, gentlemen. It was a pleasure. Thank you for listening to the Blackcast. Don't forget to subscribe to our YouTube channel, The Bladcast. That's B-L-A-D-T-C-A-S-T. You can also subscribe to the audio version wherever podcasts are found. Like The Bladcast on Facebook, follow at Bladcast on Twitter and Instagram, and of course, the man responsible for what you just heard is on Twitter and Instagram at ChristianDMZ. I'm Farad Muhammad, and if you want me to voice your podcast intro, you can find me at Twitter and Instagram at F-A-R-D- M-U-H-A-M-M-A-D. We will see you next time on the Bladcast. What's the matter, Senor Luigi? You look a little nervous. I'm very nervous. We're Listen, you are, no, I'm you're, kidding, you're a talker. Talk about the fact you can't sell you like that on YouTube. No, you're like the I worst broadcast ever. Well, this has been the Bladcast. You can find me at Christian DMZ. Jeff Duray, not on Twitter. Oh, yeah. I'm getting ready to break into a Slim Jim. Yeah. <laughs> I can't wait to isolate that and start putting at the end credits of the Blackcast, uh, where we have a little montage of clips. Love, strange love a star teaches. I know his journey ends. Never his Star Trek will go on forever. Blackcast. Wendy, put Blackcast's comment up. How is it that Wendy is so much better at this than Joe, Chad, and Kevin Brennan? It's fantastic. The Blackcast. Thank you, Christian. How is it that Wendy is so much better at this than Stud Joe, Chad, and Kevin Brennan? Whoa! Hacka hackas. Potato, show a clip of you rapping Bust a Move, please. I'll say I sent that. That was in the um, the email for WATS this week, and Carl ignored it. He didn't find you interesting enough to play. Wow. He played it on, uh, actually, you might be upset. He played on Who Are These Broadcasters? That son of a bitch. <laughs> he, he took it to his, his, new, his new baby show, his new show. Like, I mean, as, vi- as pissed off as Vinny is at you for yeah. stealing Carl's attention, yeah, yeah, you yeah. should be at Christian Blatt and Eric Zane for just pushing yeah, How does it even pain. qualify? You're not a broadcaster. If it makes you feel any better, uh, Christian's in the in the uh, chat right now and everyone's telling him to swallow lead. So that, <laughs> <laughs> that makes you feel any better. Um, it does, actually. Yeah. Uh, cast two bucks. KB is 100% this slow. He doesn't get it. FKB. 
Yeah, I can't tell if it's an act. A black cast. Thank you for the 199, Christian. Uh, Cardiff, grab your guitar to play whole lot of Rosie. Mousies? The black cast, 199. Who's had more hands up their bum, Chad or Tukey? <laughs> Chad. I think that's the answer. I think that is the answer. Thank you, Bladcast. I'm going to name drop real quick. I hope that's okay. I had Christian Blatt at my house this past weekend. Bladcast. The Bladcast is 100% right. Uh, the Bladfest. The Bladcast. The Bladcast. One of the best podcasts you can ever see. The Bladcast. whoop de doo We're watching it. We got no Wi-Fi. We can't hear a thing, but we love it. Go watch the Bladcast. Good luck with the whole thing. And, you know, here's to another 500. Get you to a thousand, you know, which is more than 500 last time I checked. Hello, fellow favorite person of Christian Blatt. How are you? Hi, other fellow <laughs> favorite person of Christian Blatt. <laughs> Our boy, Christian Blatt. I'm glad Christian Blatt uh, put that up because I totally forgot I am doing the Blattcast tomorrow. Oh, no, you know, it was Christian Blatt. Ford said the worst things about yeah. his mother and, and for some reason, Jen doesn't care about that. I'll ask Christian where he got that from. I'm not uh, familiar with that. Uh, the Bladcast 499 wasn't Florentine on either Kumio show or MLC, and everyone started ragging on Chad's mom. Yes. Yes. Oh, okay. That's yeah. what Christian's talking about. Got it. Goodbye, everybody. Goodbye. We're closed. <laughs> that was not my fault. Tuki loves you all more than a friend. I love Tuki. Yay! <laughs> hacka, hacka!